listening to In the Trench. Welcome back to another episode of In the Trench. Today, we have a really, really awesome guest. This is my friend Calvin, who I came across his videos while surfing the web. He does for his profession for a living what I believe is my greatest fear ever, which is putting himself in the smallest possible caverns and caves and seeing what's on the other side. He's a caver. He's an expert caver. He's awesome. He really went through everything. Um, I want you guys to watch the podcast. It is 40 minutes long, but it is very interesting, the whole thing. So I'm going to make this part quick. Thank you for Mini Activewear, ITT20. There you go, 20% off. Easy. And thank you to Hillbilly, ITTWE21. Um, other than that, please enjoy the podcast and stay tuned for the next one. You got a beanie that's made for you. Yeah. yeah. I got to tell you, Calvin, your profession is my nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> like what you do is my absolute like worst fever dream I can imagine. So, so what, when you, oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. When you watch it, what, like, is it your nightmare because you've done it or because you, when you watch it, that the, the claustrophobia scares you or the darkness, what? What for you uh, triggers that that uh, that nightmare? Where so, do you feel that? I've never done it. That's number one. Number two, I don't think I'll ever do it. Um, I I don't consider myself extremely claustrophobic, but when it comes to like that tight gaps in rock, I get really claustrophobic. When I see you getting in like those super super tight crevices, and it, it feels like it's getting tighter and tighter. And you just, you have it in your head that you're it's, it, on the other side, it's going to get bigger. Like you just, you just got to keep pushing. And I don't know. I feel like me watching your videos, I feel this sense of being trapped myself. Yeah. Like I feel almost breathless. I wonder if that, if there's a, uh, I mean, cause there's a reality of what we're doing that it's scary to watch, scary to look at it, your brain will imagine, uh, you know, that it's, that you're afraid or that you're doing it. But I wonder if there's a kind of like a, a mechanism inside people that where we feel trapped anyways, like we feel trapped in life and relationships, different things. And, and maybe some of that gets attached. Like we have these uh, pre-built in fears when we, and then when we're confronted with something that reminds us of it, like more is being stirred up than just the natural fear of uh, being in a claustrophobic space. That's very physiological to put it that way and i guess in a in a sort of sense it does make all the sense um i i definitely feel when watching something like that because you see in movies like i've seen 127 hours that that type of thing where like the guy's arm gets stuck in a boulder and he has to cut it off but then you see you see videos like yours where you're a fully grown dude like in size getting in these really small spaces and what gets me is, okay, so let's say I'm under my mattress, for example, I'm not going to get claustrophobic because I know I can, like, you know, do a push off and get the mattress off of me. But if you get stuck between rocks, there's nothing to get off of you. Like you're stuck. Yeah, there's no, there's no, well, that's part of the, part of the uh, appeal is that I'll say you can't fight the rock. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you have a flight or fight mechanism where 
under pressure, people tend to either run away or fight it. You know, tough people will fight back. Uh, and, and it's not always best, but it, it doesn't matter what your, what your tendency is when you're in a cave, when you're in a space like that, your predicament is absolute and there's no war with the rock. So you have to mentally and emotionally submit to your circumstance. Uh, you know, people will, they're concerned with panic, but the, the panic behavior is something that you will know, like swimming in an ocean with massive waves, you know that I can't, I can't, uh, you won't let yourself go do that because that's where the real fear is. That's where the real problem is. If you panic, you're in a real problem. You, you can't. So there's this sense of, it's a real sense of calm because you don't have a choice. Like you have to submit to the circumstance that you're in and relax, whether you're leaving or going, like, even if I want to leave, I have to do so in a calm manner. So it's forced. And when you're faced with something that sometimes I'm actually afraid and I, and my body wants to kick and flex. And I was going to ask if you get scared. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a minute, right. You have to relax. And in the moment that you're forced to relax, there isn't a different kind of restfulness than that. It's very serene because all the things inside you that you might be afraid of or anxious about, even outside what you're doing in that moment, you have to let go. And it's the reason that people do fun things. It's the reason that people, I mean, they turn to recreational drugs and alcohol, or I'm not saying those are bad, just things that we do for fun, for experiences to separate us from reality. I say, if you want to really let go of reality, get in a situation like that. And then you just get set free because you don't have a choice. Your, your mind just unhinges from reality. And it's like having an out-of-body experience. And again, it's not by choice. That's how you get through. And uh, so the fear is part of the appeal. I, I mean, that's very common with thrill-seeking people, yeah. like their sports, like people who do like hardcore BMX or um, people who like surf like hurricane waves. They, they say part of what makes them want to do it is the whole fear aspect. Yeah. And, I mean, I get it in a certain way. I like to think of myself as, I do scary things like that. Like I'm not typically like, I'm not afraid of those type of things in my personal, I just, I'm afraid of something that I feel like I can't escape. Yeah. So like, for example, let's say I'm surfing a crazy wave. The, the weird subconscious part of my head is, yeah, I'll probably die if I fall off, but you there's a chance out. I don't. Yeah. If I'm in a cave and I get stuck, there's no chance of nothing. Like I'm, I'm stuck. So my, my question to you is you, you kind of answered it, but to you, it's sort of therapeutic being down there, being those things in those situations. Yeah, in those it, incidentally therapeutic. I, I didn't, it wasn't the intention. Uh, I like hiking, you know, I like challenges. It, yeah. I really think it's just another challenge where, uh, like you don't strike me, as you said, you don't strike me as a person who's a, who's afraid like you like challenges doing difficult things it's just another like okay the next level of difficulty is something i actually can't fight against 
and I've been a fighter my whole life. You know, I swing at the air. Nobody's fighting, but I'm, uh, you know, I have these uh, things inside me that make me push like everyone, right? We Personal push away from people. We, we yeah. try to be tough and face challenges. And here's a challenge that I cannot win. Part of moving through the challenge is letting go of it. And so it's a, it's a, it's a wildly different sensation. It's unique. And it's one that, I mean, we're talking about it because it is difficult to explain. And that's also part of the fun is that people can relate to a lot of things. They cannot relate to this almost willful submitting of your entire self and possibly your life to a circumstance that may not even be very fun. I, it's, it takes such a certain type of thinking that you and many other people share to do things and submit your body into situations where like you have to really be in control and calm in these extreme situations because you know there's no upside if you f up and panic like you have to stay controlled calm and collected or else you are you know you're gonna die i saw in one of your videos that somebody commented like oh what if you get stuck like what's the rescue team gonna do you commented back like oh we are the rescue team <laughs> yeah i depending on my mood i could be very sassy with comments yeah. but uh i've appreciated the comments so a lot of a lot of comments even these conversations about life and death and fear and and, and risk and things like that are not things that we ever even it didn't you you go for a hike see a cave, go inside. It never occurred to us that these were issues that we should deal with. But one, once people start asking them and you answer the same question over and over and my, my answers develop into something. So I've appreciated uh, the conversations I've had about these things because if you wanna know how you think about something, just answer the same question differently a hundred different times. Yeah. Uh, so I like, I like answering those questions. There isn't really, uh, I'm part of a small caving community, a, a group of people. And, and if somebody got stuck in a cave, they would call us and they would just be whoever's available. Uh, and Jacob and I are, are people that are available to that. Uh, so if it were to happen, we would be those who go and rescue. And really, if we got stuck, it would just be one of our friends that would come and get us. But the, the rareness of this happening makes the question itself super irrelevant uh, has it happened though to you not no not not like that if we're gonna if if i'm by myself i limit what i do if i feel like i'm not sure i can get through something and back out a little uncertainty and i just don't do it i'm not the bravest caver i know i don't know a lot that do more but and we're talking about even within the caving community, there's only a few people that do this kind of stuff. There's a few people I know that they put themselves at greater risk than I do. But the main point is we go together sometimes and then we let ourselves get jammed up. We're like, I don't know if I can fit and I don't care because these guys are with me. Uh, and so I will, I will put myself, then it's fun because then you can take whatever risk you want because if someone is with you right there, they, they can pull you out. The, the phenomena of somebody getting actually stuck in a cave where they can't be rescued, 
we've said it before. It's a one-off. It's it's a one person uh, that that's happened very specific like that. It's so rare that something like that would happen because if you can imagine yourself, if you were to do an activity like this, how far are you going to go to get yourself in a situation that you can't get out of? Like, I don't, I know very few people that would keep going. We would all just say, even I would just say, no, that's, that's going to get me stuck. Like there, yeah. your body knows when you're getting in a situation like that. And if you just keep going, it's a very specific set of circumstances that would get you really stuck. I heard a story of a dude that got stuck and ultimately died that he was like inching his way into a smaller and smaller cavern, but he, yeah. he saw through the super small tight like space on the other side, like a massive mm -hmm. opening. So he kept pushing and pushing and pushing and he even got to the point where he couldn't move anymore, but he felt like if he just kept inching, he was almost there and almost there and got to the point where when the rescue team came, there was nothing they could do. Yeah. They put, they attached the rope to him and then it would, it would have pulled his leg off. Like there was just nothing they could do to get him and he just died. Right. So that when I hear those stories and what you're saying just makes all the Story. sense. Yeah. That's Story. the one. That one story. When, That's the one. When, when you hear that though, it, what, what you say makes all the sense. Like, yeah, if I'm getting to the point where I'm, I'm feeling like it's tight and I, all I see in front of me is tight, getting it getting yeah. tighter. Like it, why would I keep going if I can't do it? So my question to you is, have you had a genuinely like terrifying experience yourself that you felt like your life or somebody else's that you were with was in danger in a moment like that? It, it's probably not in me. I, I get scared sometimes. It's not in me to feel like I can't get out of something. Ultimately, I know we talked about like submitting. You have to sort of give up the fight. Yeah. But I always feel like I can get out of this, and that does get people in trouble. At least I'm aware it exists for me. But I always feel like whatever the terror is, I can get out of it. Uh, there have been times. There, there are moments, is what they are, when you you're by yourself. And I've been, I've been a little lost before. And the moment that you don't know where you're at or how to get back, if you're fatigued, these are the problems where, where, where we cave is temperature. So hypothermia is an issue very quickly. It, it's like, I don't mind if I have to look for a while to find my way out of a place, but I know that I have limited time and food and water resources where it's, it's, when you start getting cold, then your decision-making just plummets and you start shaking. And, and then that fear, this all works together to create a terrible concoction of you not making good decisions. So a few times, but as you know, when you face these situations multiple times, you start getting to where you know that you need to remain calm and you get better. I always think experience helps with calmness. There have been a few times when I've been in a passage where uh, I get about halfway into a, what we, we call a pinch, because usually those tight spots, they're not very long, but where you get in and you realize I, I'm really, the, the rocks are clawing at my skin and I'm not making progress. It's got my clothes jammed up and your heart, it just picks up pace right away and you feel that panic. So I'll close my eyes. I learned this from Jacob, who I cave with. I close my eyes. I take a little nap in a very bad spot. 
like a two second nap. Just you close your eyes and you try to make a good decision about going forward or going backward. And usually if I'm afraid, I think, let me leave, uh, recollect myself and then decide if I want to go forward or come back a different day. I can't tell you the number of times where I've come back and been able to get through those situations I was afraid of, but it's, it's a, it's a moment where in a cave, specifically what we do, I, I think that with patience, you can overcome anything. So it is a matter of time, which you don't always have if it's cold, but it, I, I can't always move an inch at a time. Sometimes I can only move a millimeter at a time. Uh, you know, shout out to our European viewers who like the metric system better. Sometimes you're, you're moving like, okay, can I move my hand one inch? Cause I'm going to try to snake it down to pull my clothes so I can move through something. Can I move my head a quarter inch and then wait? Can I, cause you can always do those. It's the baby steps principle, but you make them real small. Can I move this much? Can I move my leg in this direction? Can I move this? And you just start doing that. It's the same way you get through a passage is how you get back out. But you can. So, yes, I've been in those situations where I really felt stuck and I was alone. Where it takes a couple of moments to get into it and takes. I learned that with. Uh, getting your car stuck if you've ever been out in the mud where i'm like i can always get unstuck i don't care if it takes me 15 hours i can build a bridge it's better than staying stuck if you have the time you can get out of something uh if you're not already you know like the rocks have crushed you or something yeah this is probably a different question i don't know if you got if you get this a lot but i'm not too familiar with what types of animals are in the caves yeah. But have you come in, have you encountered any interesting like wildlife scenario? Your good challenge would be to attempt not to attempt to ask a question we haven't been asked, but attempt to ask a question that's uh, and not to not to not to say it's a bad question, but something that's super relevant because the fears that you that people might think or the things that are interesting from watching what we do is different than what is actually a problem. Animals are not almost, at least where we're at, they're generally not a problem. Uh, if I go to the desert, there are rattlesnakes in the entrances. Uh, but rattlesnakes, even though that's a deadly animal, you just stay away, you know, if you see one. So we look, and it's also still rare. Uh, bears can be in caves, but black bears around here, which get into small caves to take a nap, they're pretty chill. They don't, they don't want interaction. Uh, you know, so you got like skunks and stuff. And again, only the entrances because the caves that we cave in are almost freezing. So animals, they don't want to be in there at all. The spiders in the caves are harmless. There's cave crickets. These all look pretty nasty, but they're harmless. So animals can get in the entrances. But what we find uh, is, as you imagine, a cave would be a problem for a human. It's a bigger problem for animals. There are some caves whose uh, they'll have like a little drop or something in them, and there'll be piles of animal carcasses, thousands of years old. In a dry cave, they stay preserved like mummified. It takes a long time to work their way to bone. 
and there's piles of bones, piles of animal bones. They get in, they wander around, they can't get out. That's it. So animals, and, they, and also animals, uh, you know, people say, well, animals can see in the dark. Well, a couple animals can navigate in the dark like bats, but when it's pitch black, nothing can see in the dark. Like there's yeah. no, there's no light value. You can maybe work off of heat like a snake, but there's nothing in there that's warm. So animals hate caves more than humans. I've seen, I don't even know if I've seen an animal of reasonable size, maybe a rat in the entrance. Bears, my friends have seen, but you see them, you don't go in. I have seen rattlesnakes and that's a deadly animal. We can make a big story about that. I actually stepped on it, but uh, rattlesnakes. What was that like? Did it, <laughs> you stepped on it and then what? You can't just say that and move on. You stepped right. on a rattlesnake. So, so, uh, so Jacob heard the rattlesnake and uh -huh. I didn't, I don't, I'm old, so I didn't hear it. <laughs> and I was telling him to, you know, not not i wasn't accusing him of lying but i was saying it's probably brush or something because it's just right in this the grotto part the entrance part of the cave. but he kept hearing it when i stepped on it uh i could hear it then like i i didn't put weight on it but my foot went down and i saw him and like any good snake he immediately zipped under a rock coiled up in a defensive position so then i went and read like rattlesnake bite statistics and stuff and it turns out rattlesnakes mostly they will run away from you and most rattlesnake bites in fact almost all rattlesnake bites are a result of drunk people harassing them wow like statistically so it it was fun to talk about for a while but i'm just trying to be honest with you about the actual level of danger could it have bit me and were we a long ways from civilization yes so that uh, could have been it <laughs> it could have been yeah that would have been more dangerous than anything we do but uh, as it turned out, it was it was kind of over before I even knew I was in danger. But I suppose that's the danger. Yeah. Wow. I never knew there was so many so many politics to so much politics to cave diving or cave exploring. There is. Now, what to me is the obvious like segue is is cave like what what in your life got you to the point where you want to do this? Were you extreme in other things before, or is this something that kind of just came along and you're like, hmm, let me try it? Well, I always, when you grow up, you just think you're you. But as it turns out, when I compare myself to the greater part of society, I would say I'm not risk averse. So I'm willing to do, you know, challenging things, uh, things that risk, that we would use the risk you word risk to, to describe but mostly we grew up in the woods we grew up in the forests in the pacific northwest of the united states so it's relatively uh there's a lot of beautiful hikes here there's waterfalls and so we're just hiking through the brush our whole lives so that's been pretty normal when i was growing up we would find caves limited amounts caves are not easy to find it's not like a public thing but we would find things and and, and go in and explore them and I always liked that. I never thought that I should be afraid. Uh, you know, we're always, when you first go in a cave, you're looking for like, is it gonna collapse on me? That kind of stuff. But you, you learn after a while that this is probably pretty rare. And then uh, the last couple of years, a few years ago, I, I was doing more hiking and 
got into an area where there was more caves and I, and I started thinking that seems like a fun thing to do. So I would look on satellite and try to find cave entrances. And I started realizing, I think there's more caves out here than I'm giving the world credit for. And so we, we really found one we thought was pretty cool and unique. So I emailed somebody, I, I just went on Google and I Google searched like caving groups and I emailed someone who left contact information, which began a conversation, which led me to the, there's a fence in the world of caving and that's people who know about the caves and are part of caving groups and there's everybody else. And it's a private community, but it's a whole, it's a real community with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people uh, that are, it, it's a, it's like its own well-organized government, but yeah. they do not talk to people outside that. And they work with gut, with actual governments to categorize and map the, and list the caves. And so once you're on the inside, then you can start sharing information, but you also share what is and what is not risky about caves. You go with others. And to make a long story short, you know, you go in a cave, you see a passage, it's a little small, it's a little too small to go in, but you think I'll take a peek, you take a peek. And I just never stopped trying to take a peek. And it does take time to build up a tolerance to being in those passages. But once you realize what you can do within a certain amount of safety, the level of fun for me was just never in question. It was always fun. And fun will, people do fun things. That I, it, if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't do it. Part of the fun, it is the challenge, but most of the fun is, this is my description. Why do you, why do, you do this? Because it is fun. Why is this fun? I don't know why it's fun. It's fun because it's fun. Fun is the description. So is, is, is caving the same thing as like hiking? So people hike to go find like a really nice view. So is, are you trying to get into these passages to find a view or are you doing it just to see more like, I don't know how to explain it. So like, like challenge. Yeah. Just a challenge. Like see like how tight you can get yourself through till you yeah. get to the other side. Well, ultimately we're looking for passages. I call caving uh, like a treasure hunt hike. It's a hike within a hike. Like I'm hiking to go find a cave or go to a known cave. Like you got to go on an actual hike and some of yeah. the hikes brutal caves are on the sides of mountains. Sometimes they're, 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 uh, excruciatingly steep and dangerous. The hiking is a lot of times the most dangerous part. So we'll hike till you find a cave and then the cave, then you're looking for how far does it go? And if you find a small passage that you can see down a tunnel and it gets really tight, or if it's vertical, you're like, I got to go back and get ropes. And you're just trying to see how big and how far that cave is. And there are plenty of times when you will find something that is just a crack and you will push your way through it and you will fight your way through it. And on the other side is a large, amazing, beautiful, pristine cave that's, that goes a long ways. That's, and you just, you feel like you found treasure. That's crazy. And so when you're going through there, then you're looking for formations, you're looking for other tunnels and we call it uh, pushing a cave. And this is trying to exhaust all of the places that a cave might go. So where every single outlet, every crack, every nook and cranny has been fully explored and you've tried to weasel your way through every human-sized passage. And until you've done that, 
you still don't, you don't know what that cave is fully about. And do you leave like little glow sticks or something in the back, to, like so you find your way back? So cave navigation is is a whole separate thing, and it depends on the kind of cave. There is this way that you navigate. I, I suppose it's not hard to explain, but you can imagine once you go in enough caves. You can literally map it in your mind pretty okay, well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, anything with experience. I, I and I'm not as good as that as others, but you learn things that you wouldn't you wouldn't know until you know. Like with a lava tube, uh, they essentially flow downhill. So going uphill is how you leave. So it's very it's very simple. No matter how complicated the cave is, they're not always. Sometimes they sink in flat earth, but in general, they spread out like a river. So if you go back. If you turn around, everything will reconverge into a main passage uh, leading to an exit. So just knowing how a cave is or how they form, uh, limestone caves uh, also flow downward because it's sediment layers dropping downward. It's water, and, and so they flow downward. So you can get out usually by going up, although that is not always easy. But by knowing how caves are formed, you have a better idea of how to navigate the caves. We commonly use if i feel like i need to navigate uh i just use rock stacks most of the time okay. so if i leave a passage like it's going to go right or left i make a rock stack in the passage that i am leaving so if i were to turn around the rock stack would be in the passage that goes to the exit or entrance i came from yeah and that is the only principle you have to do no matter how many times a cave splits if you put a rock stack in the passage that you came from, that's obviously in that little hole, a couple of rocks that are balanced. If you have to turn around, you can follow the rock stacks all the way out. And oh. that I, I can't, I can't mathematically think of a way that you would, that would not work. Yeah, so no, you can I mean, do the same thing with glow sticks, but uh, I use nerf darts. If a cave is real complicated, I don't feel like building rock stacks all day. Nerf darts because they have an orange tip usually, so they have they're directional, so you can use them to point. Yeah, no, that's ingenious. Well, I have one last question for you, and I'm let you go. And it's you keep talking about the actual cave being the treasure, but I want to see in a more literal sense: Have you ever found any treasure in sense, or like maybe not treasure, but something interesting? Something interesting, probably. I have friends who have found uh, Indian uh, Native American artifacts, uh, arrowheads. I've there are caves. I don't know if I found them like if I was the original finder, but there are caves around here that have uh, you know thousands of year old paintings inside them, which I think is a real treasure. You've seen them? Uh, yes, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll have some videos on those pretty soon. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, it, like everything, some of the politics of caving, you have to be careful what you show and how you show it. Yeah. Uh, because these caves, what there is, is there's one around here that people, they know that it exists, but they don't know where it's at. So we're looking to find that one. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, so you haven't found it yet. Yeah, I'll, I know where it's at, but some of them are on, uh, you know, private property. And so either getting permission or breaking the law is is how you find these things. That's a little bit difficult. We've never found like uh, we don't cave in the kind of caves that have jewels or uh, or even pretty rocks for the most part uh, or anything of any great value. 
I always think finding animal carcasses is pretty cool. It's yeah. like a treasure, like a pile of dead animals. No, that sounds like something out of a horror movie. We, you know, we found the one cave that had, uh, it was a bat nursery. So there's baby bats all over. Mm. And those are extremely rare. There's only four or five known ones, like in the whole state, like bats don't, they only use selective caves to have babies in. So if you go in a cave and there's a bunch of babies, other than that, you're supposed to leave immediately. Uh, that was that's cultural like once you're in the caving culture that's considered a treasure you know like a real find yeah i haven't found a stack of hundred dollar bills yet <laughs> That'd be nice. we've left some treasure in some caves but we're pretty sure that people will never find them oh, this that's is cool yeah well, what kind of stuff have you guys left well toys and and, and there's knickknacks that people leave in caves like a dollar bill or a used driver's license or people have left artwork but you're usually, the rarity of humans in caves, as far as the back of caves, when we go in caves, most of the caves we go into, we're the only humans that have ever been in. So if it's not, the only kind of treasure we would find would be uh, uh, treasure of, you know, type of rocks or something like that. And if we're going in a limestone cave, it's limestone. And if you're going in a lava cave, it's basalt. So it's just one kind of rock. So you see interesting formations, but there's not, at least thus far, there's nobody that's hiding treasure in these. We'd probably be more likely to find treasure in coastal caves. Uh, and I've been in a few of them, but when we, I fully expect to find treasure. I fully expect to find something or a dead body, something that's worth like telling yeah. everyone about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah, I, I'm sure it will, too. Uh, I'm sure one day I'll get to fight a bear or something. Or maybe the, one uh, day you'll you'll stumble upon one of the world's most desired pirate treasures ever. Yeah, or or a, just a huge cave. You know, that's what yeah. there's. Yeah. I think. And I know I, I anticipate you being done answering questions, and I, I just was thinking about your original question about uh, the fear or the thing that you feel when you watch a video, I think it's different than being in a cave. And there's something the brain does that's also unique because I, what we do is caving, but there is a separate world and that's watching the video. Like yeah. for us, that's a very separate, a separate world because we're relating what we're doing. It's what you try to do with your podcast. You're trying to relate people's worlds to people who don't have that world. Yeah. And there's this thing that happens in the brain where you watch something and everything that you know to be true or, or ignorant of tells you that that person's life is in danger. There's danger. Like you, you're, all your senses are like, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. This is dangerous, but everything that you know to be absolutely true, which is you sitting on your couch watching the video, tells you you are safe, you are comfortable, you are warm. And I think this creates a conflict in, in people's emotion uh, where they sense danger, but they aren't in danger. And whatever that feeling is that is in the middle is a weird feeling where 
because, and I'm going off what people describe. They're like, I don't know what I feel, or I feel weird, or I just get faint. I get dizzy. So it's triggering something that makes people feel super weird. Yeah. And that I think is, I find interesting because that's neither the real world and it's not actually caving. There's, there's some other, uh, there's some other world here in the middle that people live in. And it's why people I think are willing to watch us do something when they don't even like it. Like we don't, yeah. we partly don't like what we're doing and they partly don't like watching it, but we all keep doing it because it's a unique sensation. And I, I think that uh, part of the reason we do caving is there is, there is a unique sensation for all the world that we are desensationalized from TV and media, or even all the things that have already been discovered and found. We're looking for, uh, whether on purpose or not, we're all, we're all happy to find a new sensation, like a new, interesting, unique thing. And I think, I suspect it's part of the reason why you do, why you do your podcast is you're looking to talk to people about something that's a new world. That's a hundred percent why I do it. Um, I, it's exactly like you hit the nail on the head. The reason I do the podcast for mainly it's like, there's so many interesting people who do so many interesting things for so many interesting reasons. Yeah. I'm, I kind of like being a hub for like, if you go through my, my guests, there's not really a theme. Like it really isn't like one day. It's like, it's not only like, I'm called into the trench. I don't, I don't have ocean people on all the time. It's not animals every time, but it's mainly people who I find interesting that I like do things that either I would never dream of doing, or I've always wanted to do for like, like what you do. I don't think I'll ever do, but I find it incredibly interesting because it's always the feeling I guess that I get when I watch your videos, if I could put it into words is like my like my heart sinking like that like the sinking feeling that i feel like when i watch your videos i get like transported into the moment and i feel mm-hmm. like i'm in that cave but then i always it's always worst case scenario when i'm watching it when i'm watching it it's always i'm i'm dead i'm stuck like that's what i get so being able to get somebody who does these things whether it be you whether it be um uh, jack corner paleontologist whether it be um i have the guy who played Green Lantern coming on in a little bit. So he's going to tell me how it's about. So I get to know how people do these different things. So I, I just like being like getting this knowledge. I find it interesting to share it with the world, an inside look. Because people who watch your videos, they just see your videos. They don't know your oh. reasoning. They don't know um, if you're scared, if you're not scared, why you do it. So doing these episodes, I feel really give people a chance to like get to know the reasoning and motivation behind what people do. I assumed in the trench. Well, it's not. It's a great name, by the way, Thank you. Uh, which you know because you named it. But uh, <laughs> I assumed that it, 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 in the trenches is a is a term that can be used for anything. Like in in the trenches is like a war term. Like you're yep. in the moment, in the war, in the fight, in the deep part of the the rut that people drive in. Yep. You're trying to get in at the heart of what people are doing. That's the trench. Yeah, that's what. That's the main. The main uh, yeah. subconscious meaning behind it, because we're in the trench. We're Mariana's trench is where I got the inspiration from. The oh, deepest okay, cool. part of the ocean, so we go into the deepest reasons of people's motivations of what they do. 
Perfect. Well, if you ever become big, like, I mean, if you ever become like the next Joe Rogan, right? <laughs> I hope so. You'll have a better name for your podcast. That's, it's a cool name. Yeah, I appreciate it. There's well, trenches in caves too. There's so. trenches everywhere. And, yeah. and when, when maybe, maybe I'll go in a cave one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so go in a trench. So a lava, lava will, will pour down in a generally like a tube shape. Yeah. A lot of times the lava will sit and it's hot and it will sink again. And so you get a key, it's like a key shape or a yeah. skull where it's round and then it has a trench and you can walk down in the trench. And uh, it's a, it's not a, it's a rare formation, but they're fun because it's dangerous because it'll be a nice cave. And then there's like a giant crack. That sounds awesome. Trench that you drop down in the valley and walk through. Yeah. Seems awesome to see and be in the moment. I just, to me, it's not that awesome the way you get into that, <laughs> having to squeeze yeah, yeah. your way through things. But Calvin, I, I gotta say, I'm really, I'm really appreciative of you coming on. It was, it was really awesome talking to you. And I think you're definitely like one of my favorite guests I've, I've, on, I've had on in terms of how in depth and you really feel the passion when you speak about um, this caving. I think it's awesome. So I really thanks again for coming on. It was amazing. Well, you're welcome.